Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast. We're all here, we're all talking football. Things are kind of getting back to normal after the festivities. Transfer window is open, which means transfer business, but other than that, it's just football all the way. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. The main one, the big one, share the podcast around. If you've got a football fan in your life, send them this podcast. They will almost definitely thank you for it. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Welcome on in, ladies and gents. The timing on that could have been absolutely spectacular. The people joining on video may notice that Mr. Moore is um, sipping from a large glass of water there, and he was pouring that water just as we record, just as we set to record. So there may be a little bit on the uh, on the front end of that, which uh, sounds like someone's having a massive piss, um, but. We won't know until it gets released. to introduce himself. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, like a prediction for the future. Anyway, it's just a pre, <laughs> preempting of the, uh, you know. Ah, oh, welcome in, what and all. Uh, obviously, it's another week of football-based nonsense from the uh, Cookie Cast Podcast Network. You've heard the voices of Mr. Woodman and Mr. Moore. That just leaves Mr. Cook. How are you, sir? Oh, you know me, sir. As long as I'm here doing a podcast, it must be a good day. As long as he's here, as long as he's got his Watford hoodie on, he'll be absolutely fine. Um, so another week, and we're ten, ten days or so into the uh, into the January transfer window. Um, and as it stands, um, of all of our teams. Surprising enough, Nottingham Forest are the only team to have not done some business. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Um, oh. I, I presume there's two two things are at, at kind of thingy. At, well, two or three things are at play. Apparently, Nuno wants to reduce the size of the squad, which apparently, including the loan players that are out, is 41. We also have four goalkeepers, all of which are shit. Um, <laughs> As to be discussed in the Blackpool uh, uh, roundup, um, and so there's that. Um, the player, one player that they they thought they'd pretty much got over the line, Nino, for, from Fluminate, Fluminese, has gone to Zenit Saint Petersburg uh, because they offered him a shit ton of money. Apparently, he likes his uh, Russian. Um, oil baron money as opposed to his Greek who knows what your guy at Forest um, makes his money out of <laughs> and so there's that one and then the last one uh, last but not least is um, um, uh, he's under my feet I'm prodding back um, is the fact that obviously We'll probably discuss it in next week's um, podcast. The the threat of financial fair play looming over Forest. Um, so I presume there's a level of careful with the spending. I mean, it feels a little bit like shutting the door after the uh, horse has bolted. But, you know, um, I think there's a level of trying to be careful about what they buy um, and just buying what they need as opposed to everything. Oh, Paul's decided to uh, talk to himself just for a second there, ladies and gentlemen, by committing the immortal uh, COVID sin. Oh, sorry. I, uh, I, did, I did a cough and didn't want, to, uh, didn't want to put it on record, so apologies. You actually did cough for a minute as well. Um, yes. Uh, so that's no incomings at, at Nottingham Forest yet, but watch this space. There have been some incomings at um, Hull City, though. Obviously, obviously, we covered uh, we covered Mr. Sharp, but I believe he's been joined by um, another man. 
So uh, it was announced ahead of the podcast recording for a, a, a change, which is unheard of in this day and age. But Hull City are delighted to confirm the signing of attacking midfielder Fabio Cavallo on loan from Premier League side Liverpool. Um, the skillful 21-year-old has championship promotion winning experience and has played in the Premier League, Bundesliga and Champions League. And he's joining the Tigers for the rest of the 23-24 campaign. So his time uh, promotion winning championship football was when he was on loan at Fulham. Um, and he's played with Jean-Michael Serry in his time there. So uh, the club did a horrendous reveal video today of Hey Serry. And then instead of it being the um, uh, Apple-based robot lady, it was Jean-Michael Serry in his thick French accent trying to explain how nice Hull was, which is difficult enough in an English accent in, in many ways. Uh, but yeah, so it's apparently fought off competition from Southampton and Leeds. So, I mean, one was probably more appealing than, than the other. Uh, but but yeah, it's I think it's a good sign. Uh, he's obviously wanting to come and play some football. The bit that the only bit that concerns me is that he was out on loan somewhere else for the first half of the season, um, somewhere on the continent, and I can't remember whether that was for the life of me now. But obviously that didn't work out so well. Uh, so now he's coming uh, back to England to uh, to play his trade for the rest of the season. But hopefully uh, we'll get a glimpse of him Friday night because he's. he's you know the the signing's been done in time, as far as I'm aware. So, um, with Seri and Traore going off to the Africa Cup of Nations, then um, it's probably great timing for us to pick up a midfielder that can slot straight in. Mm. Very much agreed. Um, I think I, I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I, I don't know if it was RB Leipzig, maybe. That's it. Yeah, it's that's that it. on loan up. Um, like you said, uh, the last time he was in this division with Fulham, he was scoring fairly regularly, looked pretty, looked pretty handy. So I think it's a, it's a decent, it's a decent acquisition, and obviously it gives them more options in that sort of final third of the pitch. Um, maybe dropping a little bit deeper into the midfield as well. Um, so that's the that's the ins at Hull. Um, there are two ins officially so far at Middlesbrough, the first of which was completed on the 5th of January um, when the club completed the signing of attacking midfielder Finn Azaz from Aston Villa. Um, now, that name might be slightly familiar to some of you from the, the podcast as uh, he, uh, he was known earlier in the season for having scored against the Borough whilst playing for Plymouth Argyle. Um, uh, so, this is according to the article on the Middlesbrough website. He spent the last 18 months on loan at Plymouth from Aston Villa, uh, in which he made 67 appearances, scoring 15 goals. So, not a terrible return from an attacking midfielder, one just about in every four games. Um, obviously, fits the fits the criteria of being a, a fairly young um, player to sort of fit in with the ethos of the, of the additions that the club has been bringing in. For the last couple of transfer windows, they're looking more towards buying younger players and developing them within the club. Um, so he definitely fits that sort of category, but obviously he's got um, experience of playing in the division. So um, an exciting uh, addition to look forward to. The second edition was literally completed earlier on today. Um, not one I'm particularly thrilled with, uh, given the club that he's joined from, um, but they've announced the signing on loan until the end of the season of Leeds United right-back Luke Ailey. Um, always, has always come across as a bit of a Marmite sort of player, um, a bit of but one of those guys who kind of gets under your skin, maybe a little bit irritating. But I imagine if he plays for your team, probably one of those guys who looks like he always gives 110%. He's, you know, he's, he's always putting himself into challenges and things like that. Um, I mean, 
if we go back to earlier in the season, I wasn't entirely happy that they'd, sort of, they'd signed Sam Greenwood on loan from Leeds. And he's turned out to be a semi-decent arrival. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, it's a place, it's a position that Borough are certainly lacking at the moment. As um, right back slot's been a bit cursed this season. Uh, as um, two or three of the players that have played there have either gone down with long-term or significant injuries that have kept them out for a large period of time. So it is a player that comes into the squad in a position that's a bit short on depth. Um, so I imagine that he'll potentially go straight into the squad. Whether or not he'll start the game uh, at the weekend against Millwall, I'm not entirely sure, just because I don't think he's had much game time to lead over the last couple of weeks. Um, like I say, it fills a need, so it's, it should really be looked at as a positive addition. Uh, but only time will tell. And obviously, he won't be eligible to play Leeds later in the season, as well uh, in the same boat as Sam Greenwood. Um, that's your transfer um, roundup sorted uh, for what is effectively week two of the January transfer window. So we'll dive back in to last week's slate of games and the week started with Mr Cook's new team of Rotherham United and sadly for Mr Cook he didn't even have time to peruse the website to look at which particular player's name he wanted to add to his tattoo list down the spaces on his I was going to say space on his arms but any space on your arms is this what maybe a a rib cage or something like that section that's about that's probably free at this particular yeah, time. I'm doing the right rib cage at the moment. Uh, as each one gets added, the last one gets crossed out, which is the painful part. Of course, obviously, um, we'll, we'll try and think of where you could put Hugh Gill in, and obviously, you know, score through Emnes, as obviously he was your first love, and um, no one could ever replace old Marvin. But funnily enough, funnily enough. The pictures from that game popped up the other day. <laughs> well, it is that time. It is that time of year. It is that time of year. Basically, the first week in the, the first week in January was the uh, the yearly pilgrimage to the river dance. But um, sadly, since the prices are no longer a tenner, we do not do that anymore. Uh, yes, so Fulham were the opposition for Rotherham United in the third round of the FA Cup, and uh, as as we said, sadly, uh, Mr. Cook. Has not even been able to um, get a proper feel for South Yorkshire as uh, Rotherham were beaten 1 0 um, by a Bobby Deckard over Reed. I wouldn't say wonder strike, but it was certainly a lovely finish. Um, a little bit of dilly dallying on the ball from the Rotherham uh, defenders as they were trying to play out from the back. The ball made its way out to Deckard over Reed and he's absolutely smashed it in the top left hand corner. Um, yeah, uh, it sounded like up until that point that Rotherham had kind of weathered the storm, so to speak, and managed to get themselves through the game. Um, but that little lapse of concentration has cost them um, not only a place in the fourth round, but obviously the um, the support of um, Mr Andrew Cook. Um, Predictions-wise, and he doesn't even get the uh, the consolation of getting any points, as he had a 1-0 Rotherham United win with Eves to score the goal. So sadly, no points for Mr Cook. Myself, Stu and Matt had all gone for 3-0 wins. So, no, sorry, myself, we'd all gone for wins. Matt had gone for a 4-1. Um, sadly, had not picked Deckard over Reed for the goal. Um, myself and Stu, uh, as we covered on last week's podcast, had uh, gone for 3-0s uh, with exactly the same three goal scorers of Nunes, Wilson and Pereira. Um, no goal scorer points, just the point for the win for myself, Stu and Matt. So we're all one Andy yet to score. The next game uh, was Hull City versus Birmingham City. And I believe you were in attendance for this, Mr. Wilkinson. Yep, uh, we were there and it was pretty dire. Um, the seven changes for both sides kind of saw to the fact that there was not a real flow to it early doors. Um, saw Rosinia try out some of his extended squad, get some minutes into a return in Ryan Allsop in goal as well. Uh, despite all the changes, though, it was it was definitely clear that they're all drilled just the same. They've been listening in training, so we're going to play out from the back because that's that's what we do. Um, but yeah, some of the the players that came in 
didn't exactly cover themselves in glory. And and I'm really sorry to say this, particularly to Andy. Um, the main offender for me was Sayed Manesh. He was terrible. Um, he lost his man for the goal and allowed a cross-in from Drama, 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 uh, to the old grandad up front, Jukovic's routine header from the penalty spot. Keeper couldn't do anything about it, and that was on 18 minutes. Um, Hull tried a bit harder in the second half. Because we're short of a left-back at the moment, Rossini's having to play this system whereby we kind of play three at the back, except for then when we're in defence and then Slater, like Slater drops in and it it doesn't always work. Um depends where the ball gets given away is if he, if any you know if he's got time to drop back in or not and it, it if anything it's just highlighting the need still and I know I keep banging that drum but we definitely need a left back. Um but yeah, it got to the eighty seventh minute and uh, Connolly had a shot parried straight into the path of Matty Jacob, who smashed in from six yards uh, on his full home debut. So, local lad getting the equaliser three minutes from time. <sighs> Both sides did have other chances, but it, they weren't exactly like nailed on. It was the, the game was not amazing. Um, the positives, I guess, if anything, was that um, the performances of Smith, Jacob, and Vaughan. Uh, and the first appearance for Billy Sharp on 59 minutes, he, he got on. and uh, Whilst he didn't really get too much service, he had a couple of touches which set up a couple of chances. One particularly for Harry Vaughan, um, which possibly should have been put away. But um, yeah, negatives, like I said, the left-back thing, Syed Manesh. And unfortunately, also Jason Lakilo, um he quite often makes an appearance as a substitute during the league. Um, got to start the game to say that Birmingham had him worked out after his first run was an understatement because even though it didn't work then he proceeded to try the exact same goddamn thing for the next however many minutes it was until he got taken off in the second half um, hopefully he's learnt a new trick in training this week and may be able to use both of them next time he plays uh, since the game finished one all. It does go to a replay. The um, carrot, if that's the right word, uh, is a trip to Leicester away, which nobody really wants. It, before the game started, I just wanted a result. Not a draw, just a win or a loss. Let's just get it put to bed. And unfortunately, that didn't work out for me. Um, but yeah, they also had no manager at the time. And since that game, Tony Mowbray has taken over at Birmingham uh, following the departure of one Mr Wayne Rooney. So we've also then potentially got the new manager bounce to come into effect for the next time that we play them. So we shall see. But for now, 1-1. One, one. Mm. Yes, not uh, not the best. Um, from a predictions perspective, neither of us had Jacob or Jukovic in our predictions. So no correct goal scorer points. Myself, uh, my, Stu and Andy had 1-0 wins for Hull. I had a 2-1 win for Hull. But Matt had a 1-1 draw. So bags himself two points on that one. The next game we're going to go to is Middlesbrough versus Aston Villa, which was live on TV and I believe most of us watched. So we might be able to give you a little bit more of a rundown of that one. But we are just going to step away momentarily, take a quick break, and we'll come back to you with some in-depth Middlesbrough versus Aston Villa news. Don't go anywhere. Right back. Recording in progress. Ah, yes, indeed. Thank you very much. This is Zoom Lady. Um, welcome back in. Uh, obviously, you, you join us, uh, Mr. Woodmancy, dealing with his green screen, apparently. Uh, it's, uh, oh, there he goes again. Yeah, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, is the... Uh... <laughs> yes, so, as we said before the break, now our next game was Middlesbrough versus Aston Villa, which was the BBC One Saturday evening offering. And um, like I said before, I believe the majority of us may have tuned in for, I'd say, the majority or large portions of this game. Um, I don't know I don't know about you boys. I think we, we said it in the in the sort of the group chat. 
I don't think Borough disgraced themselves in this one at all. I, I think they more than held their own against Villa. They were they were clearly the the, the side that was under the cosh more than more than the other. I think Villa definitely were the team that set the tempo. Um, and you could sort of tell that they were the, the better of the two sides. But I don't think at any point Borough were oh, like outgunned out, out or um, anything like that. Um, a couple of a couple of chances here and there um, that, that could have could have been taken. Um, nothing, I'd say, clear cut for either team. Um, the Middlesbrough goalkeeper played somewhat of a blinder. Um, some good saves from some pretty clear, clear cut chances. Um, and it looked you know like that, it was going to You know that your team's had a bit of a go in when the keeper gets awarded man of the match as well. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, it was. It, it looked almost as if it was going to peter out to a nil-nil draw um, until I believe it was about the 88th minute. Yeah. Um, Villa got a corner, um, worked it around and obviously a, a, a routine that had come off the training ground, the ball and managed to make its way out to the edge of the box where Matty Cash had a shot. Um, it's officially gone down as a Matty Cash goal, but in no fucking way am I giving that goal to Matty Cash. Um, they can they can claim the strike was on target as much as they fucking well please. That will go down in the record books of the Cookie Cast Podcast fucking network as an Emmanuel Latte last very unfortunate own goal. Uh, Matty Cash had the strike. It hit Emmanuel Latte last on the back of the legs. Well, yeah, took an, took took like span off the left, took a huge uh, bounce off the turf and turned real sharp uh, and literally crept into the side of the post where uh, where the keeper Tom Glover just literally could not get to. One of those goals where I said it in the group chat, Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, that hits the turf and spins wide of the post, and all they get is another corner. So, so unfortunate that it just happens that this was the time that it takes Phil, that wicked turn. Phil Tufnell doesn't get Phil Tufnell didn't get that much spin out of a pitch. Exactly. Uh, for, for those for those of you who have long memories, it, it turned almost akin to the ball of the century. That Shane Warne sent down to was it Mike Gatty? Yes, was it Gatty? Gatty the Gatty and Gatty and Gooch wants it right. Yeah, um, and for for those of you that are uh, too young to know who Shane Warne or Mike Gatty was, um, Google it. Uh, the turn that he got on that ball was unbelievable, there to say the least. Uh, but yeah, just really, really unfortunate. You could, you could, uh, you can maybe make the argument that Villa. Had probably done enough during the course of the game to win, um, but just, just yeah, a bit, a bit unfortunate. Um, it was it, it was annoying because I think it was the point where Villa had kind of run out of ideas at that point. Yeah. I think it was literally like it was like I said, the game was petering out. Villa had kind of tried everything and was just kind of like uh, this. We'll try <laughs> this. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, this oh, that's it, did it? Ah. In the second with half, that, with that thing with the deflected goals, that is another. It's like I'm on the list of gripes that I have. It's on the list, but if the ball significantly changes direction, whether it's on target or not, that is an own goal. Like if it's kind of if it hits someone on the way through and kind of slightly goes, then yeah, give them a goal because it was going that way. But this one was, he shot towards the right-hand side of the goal, or his right, goalkeeper's, the goal, goalkeeper's left, the and right it went to the like other that, side. That is not, that, that is not, that is not his shot anymore. Exactly. Matt, Matt, on a similar vein, I would say, if it clips someone as it goes past them, that is fine. That's not deflecting the ball. That's not taking it on a completely different trajectory to the one that the striker sent the ball on. Ones like that, where it's literally completely changed the physics of the spin on the ball, cannot go down as the guy who struck his goal. Um, uh, yeah, 
Borough in the second half um, had brought Emmanuel Lafon for Josh Coburn up front. And I believe Stu actually raised this point in our group chat that Villa just couldn't handle him in the, in the portion of the second half. They just never really got to grips with his pace and his movement. Um, and I think if he'd have been a little bit fitter, obviously he's just come back from a, from a, a bit of a, a time off with injury. If he'd have been in a position where he could have played maybe an hour, he might have started the game and they might have had that position, they might have had that issue from the start of the game. Um, but yeah, just unfortunately it was him that the uh, the ball deflected off really um, for the winner. Uh, but like I said, no no shame on the Borough for the performance. Um, and in a similar vein to what Stu was saying with the whole City game, at least it wasn't a draw. So they now know that they're out of the, they're out of the FA Cup. Uh, they can concentrate on the game that we're going to discuss at the end and they can go back to concentrate on the league form. On the note of at least it wasn't a draw, from my perspective, um, I obviously did the bets for the win, lose or draw and had all three teams drawn, it would have been 50 quid. So Matt, how did you go? <laughs> why, why can't Emmanuel Latte have right? just a very slightly less chunky behind? <laughs> Predictions-wise, um, as he usually is, Mr. Cook was the most optimistic and had gone for a 1-0 Middlesbrough win. Ironically enough, with Latte Lap to score the goal. So, technically... So, I get points, yeah? <laughs> points, 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 think, points, points, points. Technically, if we're going to go by the letter of the law, I should probably deduct your points. <laughs> and Duran to score um, on, on a side note uh, Duran I know he's only a young lad but I think he needs more game time uh, as uh, I can't remember him doing much in the game other than I believe he missed a fairly decent chance although I did have a bet on in this game for him to have three plus shots on target and the the, the, the shot on target that won me my bet was basically a P-roller back to the goalkeeper so keep it up John You'll, uh, you'll do for me, son. Um, myself and Matt had gone for 3-1 Aston Villa wins. Um, so, get ourselves a point for the result. Obviously, none of us had gone for an own goal to be the correct goal scorer and none of us had selected cash to score. Otherwise, I would have given out some points. So, that's a point for myself, a point for Matt. Um, so, so far, out after three games, Andy still yet to score, sadly, um, Stu on one point from three games I'm on two points from three games Matt on four points from three games and speaking of Mr Moore we go to his boys next as it is Nottingham Forest taking on Blackpool now sadly this one wasn't available on uh, on terrestrial television I believe so did you have to catch this one in the highlights package on match of the day yes yeah I think um, I think that yeah BBC were doing the similar kind of thing that Sky do as well, show you goals as they, get, as they go in, because obviously there's no legal requirement as opposed to the three o'clock ones where you can't show. So as the goals were going in, they were kind of so. But yeah, I ended up catching it on yeah on the BBC website afterwards. So um, kind of strangely enough, as as seems to be the case, Forest didn't learn their lesson after getting beat four one at Bloomfield Road last season, we turned up for this game thinking, once again, that it would be easy. I think this is the kind of issue that's happened with Forest this year, is that they've signed players that are, in theory, better than what we had before, but aren't quite as good as they think. Um, so I think it was a bit of a sluggish start. And what I would say is, it was a complete sellout at the City Ground on Saturday, which is, like... Quite a bit surprising. I, you know, like, I think there was a lot of families there that can't get tickets for Premier League games that have gone to see Forest. Um, so, yeah, I think Forest started slowly. Blackpool started or started quite well, pretty even early on. Um, then 
Blackpool got across into the box. Monteal headed it gently in the air across his across the box, to which uh, Lawrence Gabriel, which is hyphenated, um, swooped in and scored a diving header. Should have realised, old boy rule. He was at Forest. He left not so long ago and threw a few grenades on the way out as well, if memory serves me right. And then decided not to celebrate scoring at the weekend. I'm thinking, I, hang I, on a minute, mate. Don't throw a on the way out the door. Celebrate. And... Yeah, I thought that was a bit... Okay. Like, you know, don't throw pelters on the way out, but then don't celebrate because you finally scored. <laughs> um, five minutes later, uh, Blackburn doubled their lead. Uh, goodness knows what happened. Ball down the right. Somehow... Wall didn't cut out the cross. The goalkeeper dived for a ball that was not even vaguely close to him. And Morgan was at the back of the back post to stick it in the back of the net. 2-0. Yeah, I mean, that was absolutely flummoxing the goalkeeper in that one. Um, but, um, I think... Apparently, this is the first, apparently first time in 54 attempts of Forest going 2-0 down. They finally managed to get pull it back and get a result. So it started late on in the first half. Montreal kind of um, making up for his error, crossed the ball in, and Dominguez rising uh, kind of halfway, but like mid about penalty spot, headed it into the back of the net. Quite a nice finish. Um, and then uh, not long into the second half, uh, Gibbs White got the ball from Callum Hudson Adoy, and properly, you know, when someone says, "Oh, that's the top corner," that proper top corner finish, uh, quite nice. Uh, watching the highlights, Forest had an unbelievable amount of chances to win this game. It's Shocking that they didn't. The finishing was really, really poor. Uh, but yeah, two-all draw. Similar similar kind of thing to Stu. The worst result we possibly could have got would have either... Would have taken... You know, being knocked out would have been disappointing. Uh, particularly with the strength of the team that was played. But at least it would have meant that Nuno would have had another couple of weeks to take the players away to kind of sort around. Instead... Um, it's preparing for an FA Cup replay uh, a week today, a week on Wednesday. And then that's three days before we play Brentford at Brentford. So, wonderful. Congratulations, lads. You cost yourself a holiday and you cost yourself some decent time to, of decent time on the training pitch. So, yeah, good to show fight. Disappointing that we got ourselves in that position in the first place. But, as an upside... Did you get a night in Blackpool? I mean, that, that mean, and that's worth it. More Blackpool. <laughs> I will not have any Blackpool slander on this podcast. Hey, I've got nothing against Blackpool. I've, um, uh, in fact, I was roughly in that vicinity within the last sort of six weeks. Um, granted, it was only for a day, and ideally, I wasn't going to be there. But that's a story for another time. Um, Prediction <laughs> wise, ideally, part of that. <laughs> and it's a story for another time. Story time with yeah. Paul. The day I nearly went to Blackpool by accident. He, he, <laughs> was, he was busy flash. rigging it so that it looked like Blackpool Tower was on fire. No, that was just the perspective of the photograph and his hair colour. That's two very different things. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Lovely stuff. Um, anyway, predictions-wise uh, on the podcast, uh, myself, Stu and Matt had gone for very degrees of Forest win. Uh, myself and Stu had gone 2-0. Matt had gone 2-1. Sadly, none of us had picked Dominguez, Gibbs, White, Lawrence, Gabriel or Morgan in those goal scorers. Um, Andy had picked Wood and Rhodes to score in a 1-1 draw. So it gets himself a point for the fact that it was a draw. Um, which means that going into the last game of the week, I don't know if we've ever had this on the podcast, no one has got a correct goal scorer in any of the games we've picked. So the last chance we have is in the 
first leg of the semi-final of the League Cup between Middlesbrough and Chelsea. Um, so, obviously, Middlesbrough went into this off the back of the loss against Aston Villa. Um, <coughs> made a few changes to the squad. Um, at this point, Finn Azaz was in, but was ineligible. And he had played in the Cup earlier in the season for Plymouth. So, it's Cup tied. Um, Morgan Rogers, I didn't realise going into the game, was suspended as he had been booked twice in the earlier rounds. Um, so, was unable to play. Um, and Sam Greenwood was also ineligible. Um, as I believe he either played in the early rounds for Leeds or Leeds had just asked that he not be eligible in the game. So, they were a bit a bit down for the bare bones. Um, Emmanuel Latilaf came in for Josh Coburn up front and lasted a grand total of about 90 seconds as uh, he, he had a run through um, when the ball was flicked through to him and he latched onto the end of it and managed to get his shot away. Uh, but in in what probably had VAR been in, in sort of attendance at the game, potentially could have been looked at as a uh, as a potential penalty shout as Axel Nassassi came across with a challenge and... Didn't really get any of the ball, but got plenty of Latte Lat's ankle, I noticed. Um, Latte Lat tried to carry on, but had to go off after three minutes with an injury. Um, not sure at this particular point how long he's going to be out for, but it didn't look great, and I would imagine he probably won't be in for the next couple of games. Um, it's disappointing that he just come back as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, he had that positive showing against Villa. We were hoping he'd kind of kick on and, and uh, good for the rest of the season, but sadly not to be. Um, the uh, the misfortune continued on the 18th minute when uh, chasing uh, chasing the ball down the for, uh, the Chelsea right hand side, Alex Bangora, the left back, um, pulled up lame um, after it looked like he'd taken a bit of a, a, a knock to his hamstring. Um, I don't know if he I don't know if he did get. Um, did get a sort of a knee in the hamstring or anything like that, but it's and another one where it certainly didn't look good. Um, forced Borough into the second change in the first 20 minutes and a bit of a reshuffle. Um, but they uh, they didn't let it affect them. Um, they, they just kept playing the, the way that they set up to play. Um, weathered a bit of a storm. Uh, probably should have got 1 0 down when Cole Palmer um, had the ball given back to him by. Uh, Johnny Howson inexplicably in the centre of the park, um, and he managed to put his put his uh, put his shot wide from the edge of the box when it probably was easier to score. Um, and just shortly after that, uh, that Cole Palmer effort, um, a lovely little clipped ball from Dan Barlasser down the right hand side channel for uh, Isaiah Jones to run to. Uh, he took the ball past the defender, uh, cut the ball back through the legs. Of Levi Colwell uh, for the onrushing Hayden Hackney to uh, just open his foot up and left foot side foot past the goalkeeper for the opening goal of the game and um, few scenes of absolute jubilation on the tee side um, stayed that way until half time uh, and then the second half started and Cole Palmer again with another gilt edge chance. Uh, there was a, a shot from Enzo Fernandez that the goalkeeper spilled. Uh, Cole Palmer was literally there on the scene to get the ball, and he was can't, can't have been any more than four yards out from the uh, the goal. And so I managed to put it over the top. Um, not his finest moment uh, by any means. Um, I can't remember any any real other chances that, that where Chelsea worked the goalkeeper. There was a couple of efforts, Sterling, uh, Raheem Sterling. Managed to uh, shoot over from the edge of the box. Um, I did see a stat that was was thrown up uh, during the game that he apparently scored in the first semi-final he ever took part in, and hasn't scored in twenty since. And I thought, well, that's the kiss of death if I've ever seen one. Um, I, I but, saw that and thought the exact same. I was like, no, 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 <laughs> things like that. It didn't come to fruition, however, and uh, not only that. None of the Chelsea players managed to find the net, uh, and Middlesbrough managed to run out as a, uh, a with a very handy one-nil win to take into the second leg 
at Stamford Bridge in two weeks' time. Um, it's, it, for those that might have watched it, I, I felt it was another another game where Borough didn't embarrass themselves. Yes, they were very much under the cosh. I think the uh, the possession stats said that Borough had about twenty eight percent possession. Chelsea seventy two, but. They did exactly what they needed to do. They soaked up the pressure, hit them sort of on the counter-attack, and it, and it paid dividends. Can't argue with that. Predictions-wise, um, both Matt and Stu had gone for Chelsea wins. Matt had gone for 2-1. Um, had picked Greenwood as, at the time, like we said, was unaware that he wasn't, a, a, he wasn't eligible for the game. Um, Sterling and Broja to score, sadly no points there. Stewart gone for 3-1, uh, Jones gone for the Borough, two for Jackson and one for Madweke. I'd gone for a 1-1 draw with Crooks and Broja to score. Um, Captain Opt- Optimistic, though, had gone for a 2-1 Middlesbrough win. Uh, Rogers and Lafter Laft to score for the Borough, Sterling to score for Chelsea. So, sadly... We managed to complete the week with no correct goal scorers, but Andy does get a point for the result. So that means that we end the result with uh, Stu, one point from the five games. Myself and Mr Cook, two points from the five games. Matt takes the week with a whopping four points from the five games. Well done to you, sir. Week 24, then, brings with it one, two, three, four, five games in total. Um, and we start the week with Hull City versus Norwich City. As Mr. Obviously uh, said earlier on, this is a Friday night fixture, so you will be in attendance. Is it a Sky Sports fixture? Uh, not this week, as far as I'm aware, because I believe we have another Friday night fixture the following week up at the Stadium of Sh- Light, um, and that is on TV. Yes. Oh no, Sky Sports Football. Is it? It is. It would, it would appear to be the live offering. Oh, so we're on two weeks running. Wow. Oh. They clearly know where to go. They clearly know where to go. A couple of seasons ago, smart comments were made about, oh, Forest seems to be the new Leeds being on telly all the time. Oh, all seem to be the new Leeds being on telly the whole time. <laughs> I noticed when the um, Cavalio signing was announced, it was on the transfer centre bit of uh, Sky Sports News. And the guy that was talking was like, oh, they, they, they might be the ones to watch in the champion. I was like, you shut your mouth, sunshine, because <laughs> just let us just get on with it quietly and we'll see what happens, eh? Let's not be jinxing that. But if they're going to stick us on TV more, then we definitely won't win because we, uh, we'd never do particularly well on TV, usually. Let's hope that's not the case. So, Mr. Robinson's team, he will therefore go last. I'll jump in here. I've gone for a 2-1 hole win. Uh, goals for two of the new boys, Sharp and Carvalho to score. I've gone for Onel Hernandez to get the goal for Norwich. Andy, what have you got for Norwich? Uh, sorry, Hull versus Norwich. I have a 1-0 Hull win with Connolly to score. Matthew? I should have checked this before. I've gone for a whole 2-1 win with Carvalho and Twine to score for Hull and Rowe to score for Norwich. Stuart? Okay, so this was the first game of the season for us away um, and Hull took a 1-0 lead early doors and then managed to screw it all up I wouldn't be surprised to see the exact same thing happen um, but I have slightly more optimistically gone for a 1-1 draw despite the fact that Hull are currently even money to win the game which is just I don't yeah no I don't get that at all Uh, but I've gone for Billy Sharp to get off the mark for his new club and uh, Nunes Very, very nice. Our next game sees, once again, Mr Andrew Cook's new side, Fulham, taking on 
Chelsea. This is a battle of West London, I believe. Probably a battle to see who can charge the most for its mediocre football. Um, as it's Mr. Uh, as it's Mr. Cook's team, he will go last. Stu, what have you got for Chelsea versus Fulham? Um, spotting a little bit of a theme with my predictions already, I have gone for a 1-1 draw. Uh, I've got Palmer to finally get out of whatever rut that he was in against Borough um, to score for Chelsea, and uh, it will be a full ham. Wolves. Um, Matt? I completely missed this one off the predictions. Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> so I've knocked. Um... Oh crap! Uh... Well, I tell you what, I'll, I'll I'll give mine, and I'll give you a little time to sort of come up with something. I, yeah. in agreement with Mister Woodman, here, I've also gone for a one-one draw. However, I've gone for Jackson to score for Chelsea, and old boy rule in effect. I've gone for William to notch for Fulham. Okay, I'll go Chelsea 2-1 win. Yep. Uh, Fernandez. Yep. And Sterling. Yes. And old boy rules, William to score. Mr Cook, how do you see your new boys getting on in their biggest game of the season? I see them taking a win, 1-0. I, I also have Iwobi to score. Whoops. Um, is he not... Hang on a second. Is he not the, at the African Cup of Nations? Didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah, he, might need some new he might need some new goal scorers, fellas. Uh, switch, switch man out for Pereira then. Would you like um, some time, Mr. Cook? One second, because I've got the team here. Uh... If it helps, the guy you mainly plays up top from is called Raul Jimenez. That was the person who comes up first and was going to be my pick. So, yes, I'll have a slice of that, please. Old Raul Jimenez. Can, can I ask on the back of it if, if Chelsea do win? Is yes. there any way that we could afford the fee to play the stupid music they play before their home games for Andy next week? I see the memes come up every time and every time I know exactly what it's going to be and I don't care which idiot it is that's dancing. I love the fact that it says Chelsea fans before another 90 minutes of misery. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see what we can do. We'll we'll get in we'll get in touch with the props department and we'll see if we can make some magic happen. Uh, our next game sees Mylot Middlesbrough travelling to Millwall. Um, as Stu said, this is the this is the reverse fixtures from the opening weekend of the season, in which Middlesbrough ran out with a comfortable one 0 defeat. Um, obviously, it's my boys, so I will go last. Um, Andy, what have you got for Millwall versus the Borough? I've got a 1-2. I've got uh, podcast favourite, What More, to score for Millwall. And uh, Rodgers and Silvera. Silvera is at the the Asian Cup. Sadly. I I knew that something was going to go wrong somewhere. Damn it. Now I've got to go and find the thing and then go to look at the thing and I'm going to find the thing. Uh, oh, here we go. Scooter Bob Bob Bob. Oh, gone too far. Too far. Uh, is Fours playing these days? Still, apparently back in training this week, but probably won't be fitting up to start the weekend. 
Josh Coburn. I like it. He didn't look very good in the two games he's played this week, but what better way to bounce back than by notching against Millwall? Stu? <laughs> uh, Unfortunately for you, Paul, I have got Millwall to repeat the uh, the 1-0 victory. Um, what more to score? I just think that um, Borough are now just going to have 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 had their heads turned a little by that result midweek. Have one eye on maybe uh, going at that. So I, I I can't. I don't know. I don't think they'll be really that bothered about the next uh, league game or so until that uh, league cup game comes around. Matthew, I've gone for a two-one Borough win. Fleming for Millwall and Hackney and Jones. So, I too have gone for a 2-1 win, but for Millwall, uh, I think I agree with uh, Stu, I think this could be a very much after the Lord Mayor's show, um, the high of the win against Chelsea on Tuesday has probably taken quite a lot out of the players, um, and let's be honest, Millwall, never really that nice a place to go, Um I imagine that the crowd will be up for it as well. Um, so I've got, like I said, I've gone for a 2-1 Millwall win. I've gone for Watmore and Fleming for Millwall. Jones to get the goal for the Borough. Two games left, and it is the replays of the FA Cup tie. So Birmingham versus Hull and Blackpool versus Nottingham Forest. We are just going to step away momentarily just to refresh, and then we'll come back to you with those two go- uh, those two games. And then we'll obviously wrap up with the week's business. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Recording in progress. Welcome on back in. Yes, so as we said, two games left, and it is the respective replays of the third round FA Cup ties, starting with Birmingham City versus Hull City. Obviously, Mr. Woodman's team, he will therefore go last. Uh, let's go to Andy for his pick in Birmingham versus Hull. Nil one. Hull, Hull to win with uh, Sharp to score the goal. I like it. I've gone for a similar 2 1. Um, I've gone for two fan and Connolly to score for Hull and I've gone for Jukovic to score for Birmingham I believe this will be the third or possibly even fourth time that Mr Jukovic will be under the employ of Tony Mowbray as he had him at both Coventry and the Borough so we'll see we'll see what happens Uh, Matt I've unfortunately gone the other way. I've gone for a Birmingham 2-1 win. The first home game under Mowbray unless they're playing this weekend. Um, so I've gone Yukowit or whatever they think. And Bielik. Um I've gone for Connolly to score for Hull. Uh, Stu, how do you see this one going? Based on what I saw at the weekend, I'm going to plumb for another 1-1 draw and then we'll probably lose on penalties or extra time. But uh, I'm going to go for Dembele, who actually I didn't mention before, did hit the bar in the uh, game at Hull. Um, I'm not sure if it was more on accident than actual effort, but still, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, And then... Because I thought he had a good game, I think he'll probably play again. Um, Vaughan for Hull. Now, I believe you had him in the previous game. He's got a score at some point, even though he... Oh, by the way, I, w- I was ragging him for being the shortest player that potentially would be on the pitch. Can't remember the guy's name for the life of me, but the number 11 for um, Birmingham... Oh my god! I thought he'd like walk straight out of the under 15s. It's like I didn't realise that they sold their home kit in jockey sizes. 
<laughs> I'm going to have to find out who he is. Number 11, you said? Yeah. Koji he was, Miyoshi. He was a very, 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 very short man. Well, uh, basically, for uh, for those of you uh, not in the know, all you need to know now is basically get all of your money on um, Miyoshi to score first. So... With a with a bullet header as well, probably. Yes, out. yes. Out, out leaping all and sundry in attendance to score the only goal of the game with his napper. Uh, and our final game of the week is the replay of Blackpool versus Nottingham Forest. Matt looks confused at this as he, uh, I'm assuming he has another game. I've got it wrong then. I thought I, was, I wasn't sure if Chelsea Borough was the week after, is it? Yes. No Chelsea Borough game until the 21st. I think I've got to see. So I've done one game that's not going this week, and completely forgot another game that was going this week. Yeah, he's predicting games that don't even exist. Yeah, exist just not this week. Next, Blackpool versus Forest. Obviously, Mr. Moore will give his predictions last. I'll jump us straight. I'll start us off. I've gone for a 3-1 Nottingham Forest win. Uh, I've gone for Rhodes to score for Blackpool if he's still there. Of course, with him being on loan, he might get called. I think I said that before the before uh, the recording last week, and it didn't happen. But you mean just because it's Jordan Rhodes, he'll probably have another club that he's played for by the end. <laughs> I think he did play on sat on Sunday. Yeah, he, he started. He started up top. Yeah. Um. Uh. For the Forest goals, I've gone for. Um, I've gone for a bit of a double-barreled uh, bonanza. I've gone for Gibbs White, Hudson Adoy, and I don't know if they've got another one in the in the in the squad. So I just have to go for Danilo. But he's Brazilian, so he's probably got about eight names. Yeah. Uh, Stu, what have you got for Blackpool versus Forest? Uh, I have got a Forest 2-1 win. I've got Hamilton for Blackpool. And then Hudson-Odoi for Forest. And a captain's goal for Yates. Andrew? Nil two. Goal scorers? I think I think we, we all know that I've got Wood at this point in time. Um, and uh, Hudson Adoidoy. <laughs> Hudson Adoy, clearly a favourite this evening. Um, go then, Matt. How do you see this one playing out for the boys? Well, I'm hoping that, that there's been like a bit. I don't know. I don't know if Nuno does rollickins, but I hope there's been like a bit of a fire lit up their ass because uh, that's not on. It was not on. You know, they've kind of hopefully they've gone away and perhaps had a little break, and people have gone. You know, oh, it, we'll get this sorted out. So I've gone for a three-one Forest win. Like hopefully just go in, get the business done, out, see the lights on the way out. Um. Rhodes to score for Blackpool because I think they will concede a goal. I've also got Hudson Adoy. Hey. I've got Yates as well. And I would like Ooh. sneak a little one in for Nico Williams, I think. Well, according to the uh, Adrenaline XL card collection this year, don't forget he, he is world class. So World class. And English, as uh, Amazon TV put on uh, for the Newcastle game. <laughs> I'm sure that went down delightfully in the valley. Oh, guys, apparently they had a dicky fit on Twitter. I mean, it's just got there, so, you know, they're kind of <laughs> just working out how to use it. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you'll find it is English, actually. <laughs> Classic, classic, classic Welsh people. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is all of your games um, done for the week. Um, but sadly, it's it's that it, it seems to be that sort of time where we have to uh, to go through the, uh, the sort of the the, the 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 not quite as nice bits. And unfortunately, we've lost another stalwart of world football um, this week. Uh, Franz Beckenbauer 
the uh, the German Der Kaiser uh, passed away on Sunday at the age of 78. Uh, I'll just go through a little bit of the BBC uh, write up for um, for everything that they said. Um, Beckenbauer won four league titles with Bayern and was the captain when the German Giants won the European Cup in 74, 75 and 76. Um, he was also, obviously, um, the captain of, uh, of Germany when they won the World Cup. Um, he also played in the 1966 final. Um, Der Kaiser, a contemporary friend and rival of England's 1966 World Cup winning duo Bobby Moore and Sir Bobby Charlton, as well as Brazil's Pelé, was part of a golden group of world-class players, including the great Netherlands star Johan Cruyff, who bestrode the game in the 1960s and 70s. Beckenbauer captained West Germany to World Cup victory in his home country in 1974, when the Netherlands were beaten in the final in Munich. Um, something else that's um, uh, um, when they actually won, the, he then later managed um, Germany to, uh, to win in 1990, obviously overcoming England in the semi-final on penalties. Uh, and that win in 1990 made him one of only three men, along with Didier Deschamps of France and Brazil's Mario Zagallo, who I didn't actually realise had also died the week previous um, to win the World Cup as players and managers. Um, Mario Zagallo was 92 uh, when he passed away last week. Um, so, yeah... Um, Beckerman, obviously, I, I never saw him play because he was way, way before my time. Um, but just like sort of in the, like passing conversations with my dad and things like that, he, he always came across as a <coughs> as a stellar player, um, and obviously was was clearly very, very well thought of to be captain in his national uh, side, and then obviously he, uh, later on given the role as the as the national team manager. Um, so definitely a, um, a legend of the game. Um, sadly gone too soon. Yeah, I think in fact, in fact we, that's when we spoke about him kind of when we talked about Bobby Charlton as well passing away, and I think I think he kind of fulfilled that similar role as Bobby Charlton at Bayern Munich kind of thing. He's just yeah. yeah. One of those players that whenever you speak to people of a certain age, like you know, I think I mentioned to you guys, my dad, he was my dad's favourite player. Kind of thing. <laughs> but, you know, kind of slightly, yeah. In the 60s, it was still kind of, certain things were still kind of fresh in the memory. So the fact that somebody was, uh, <laughs> liked a German midfielder more than the English midfielder, it was kind of like, eh. But my dad was like, he was really good. What do you want from me? Kind of thing. <laughs> You know, I think, yeah, it's uh, yeah, sad. Sad to say, but I think um, uh, Alan McAnally was on Sky Sports as well. He just, like, he said when he he played there, and he was like, on the days when you knew that Beckenbauer was in, it was just like the whole atmosphere of the club changed. And, like, there was just, a, but there's like, lo- a, on top of that, like, there was just loads of people in as well. So, obviously, oh, Franz Beckenbauer's in today. It meant more people came into the club, more people were kind of about. So, yeah, it's kind of a presence that. I don't know if it's disappearing out of the game, but it seems to. Kind of, yeah, you don't kind of realise it until they kind of go away. Yeah. I was, I was, I've just read something else on the BBC article about it. Um, that said that obviously, in, so obviously they lost the final in 1966 to, to England, as obviously everyone's aware of it. But they actually played him. They actually played him again in the following tournament in 1970 um, in the quarterfinals, um, and it's sort of it's almost become a bit of like folklore. But in the game, um, Beckenbauer and Bobby Charlton were basically sort of almost kind of marking each other out of the game, and then England were two 0 up in the game, and I think Ramsey wanted to take Charlton off to rest him. Because obviously the the, com- the 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 competition was in Mexico, and obviously the heat was just unbearable. Um, and I think he wanted to take him off to rest him the semi final, and then obviously later on into the tournament. And Charlton going off, obviously 
allowed Beckenbauer to have the shackles taken off him because he didn't have to worry about man marking Bobby Charlton anymore. And it's that that substitution led to him sort of taking the game by the scruff of the neck, get uh, then getting Jeremy back into the game, and they obviously went on to win three two. Um, they um, they lost in the semi final against Italy, but um, I think that's, that's one of those games that like I know that I've sort of like heard about in the past where it was. Like it sort of changed the perspective of, of like him from like an English point of view. In that, like that game made people in England sort of sit up and realise, wow, he is probably one of the best players of his generation, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, sad that he's uh, sad that he's passed away. As uh, all these, and like like I said, this is way before our generation. But these are the these are the players that sort of paved the way for the players that are in like our generation when we were growing up watching and, and things like that. So it's always sad when the pioneers pass away um, and it's just another name that's that's, uh, that's lost, sadly. Um, that's all That's all I had to bring up. I don't know if you boys have got anything else you'd like to add at the end of the pod this week. No. No. Excellent. Well, in that case, I'll thank you all for joining me once again to go through the... Uh, the ups and downs of our respective teams this week. Uh, join us again next week where we'll go through the results of the games we've just discussed and bring to you some more predictions, one of which will of course be the second leg of the Chelsea-Middlesbrough semi-final. We'll have to wait and see if Borough can get the job done and stamp their ticket to Wembley for the final. Join us again in a week's time where we'll do that all for you. Until then, obviously, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. And we'll see you in about a week's time. Bye-bye. So there we go. What do you think to that? Another one done. Another week of games gone. And another week of games to look forward to. Before you leave us, before you go, before you go off into the sunset, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button. That way you can get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.